Living Local, telling the stories that connect us. A United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County podcast. Who's the CEO of your bank? Do you know their name? Better yet, do you follow them on social media or see a commercial featuring them when you pay your bills? The presidents and CEOs of major corporations tend to stay behind the scenes, running their business and not worrying about having one-on-one chats with customers through Twitter or goofing around in a commercial to promote giving to a good cause. Greg Marcus, CEO of the Marcus Corporation, is different. Greg runs his own Twitter and Snapchat accounts, just follow at Greg Loves Movies, and stars in the beloved annual United Way trailers, which play before each and every movie at Marcus Theaters during our fall campaign. You can even meet Greg and hear him play piano at Blue at the Fister most Tuesdays. For Greg, being CEO of the Marcus Corporation comes with a responsibility to his community. However, he shares that it's not just altruism that drives this charitable spirit. Doing good is good for business. We chat about how he incentivizes Marcus employees to get involved during their annual United Way campaign, why supporting health and human services and the arts is so important, and the one moment in his philanthropic life that he will never forget. We still have that same, that first theater. We still own it. Really? It's still, it's still open as the Campus Theater in Ripon, Wisconsin. Wow. Philanthropy has been since my grandfather, since he started that theater. You know, he always had the sense that it was important to give back. He had, you know, for two reasons. One was he knew it was the right thing to do, and that was why, and that was, uh, that was at its fundamental core, it was the right thing to do. I would always, I'd say, if you have, if you have the, the capability, you have the responsibility. Um, but also, it's not true, totally altruistic. I'd love to sit here and tell you that I was 100% altruistic, but it is also good for our business, and it's good for anyone's business, because the... If you don't have, a, if you don't take care of your community, you're not going to have a place that's attractive to people to for customers or for uh, employees. People to people won't want to come visit your community. People won't want to come live in your community if your community is not attractive. And if you don't take care of the people who need help being taken care of, then your community's not going to be strong. How do you incentivize employees? and customers to give back to the community, get out there? Does it work to just say, get out there, do good in your community? Or are there strategies that you use to encourage oh, philanthropy? I, I would say that, I, like, I, I wish I could say that or we just say they just do it. I mean, there's, you know, there's, it's the same, look at, you know, the United Way here, we give, we give away, you know, a Harley and we give away a car. I mean, we, we, people respond to incentives. And so, uh, I, I wish I could say that everybody was altruistic, but they have their own, I hope they're doing it for, for both, for good reasons. But, you know, we have a kickoff for United Way, for example, and, and we make it a fun environment. So it's something fun for people to come to, to get that kickoff feeling. And then, you know, we have prizes, we do things where, you know, we'll do wine pulls, or I guess that's the non-soft drink part of the fun, you know, we'll do wine pulls or we'll do raffles to get people to show up to stuff. We, we make it fun. Uh, Mary Lou gave me a great line, and she'll, if she hears this, then she'll probably get, fix the quote, but it was something along the lines of, being generous doesn't have to hurt. <laughs> you can have fun and be generous at the same time. And, uh, and I, I've taken that message to heart. So Greg, you're a musician. So as a musician and being uh, passionate about music, what made you decide to give at least part of your philanthropic time and energy to human services versus the arts? 
Well, I, I, I guess I didn't look at it as an either or, or I just find I try to keep everything in balance, right? So I, I mean, I guess I could be all arts, but I, but I'm not. But I'm not all. But I'm not all human services either. But there's. But all these things are important. You know, you can't just be focused. You know, it's it. You can't just be focused on human needs. I mean, they're re hey, look. It's really important. And I've always believed in it. I've been involved in the United Way for years. I, I've turned off the board once and I'm back on again. So I don't even know how many, I've, since I've been back, I've been involved in one way or another. I've run our campaign. I've run, I mean, it's been you know decades of involvement in the United Way because it's important. We have to take care of people who need some help. And I like to think that we're also being, not just being reactive, but proactive in those regards. But that's not, you know, your community also has assets that need to be taken care of, and the arts are a piece of that. And so uh, you have to in invest in that and, and have that be a part of it. Because, and then they almost interrelate in some ways, because, because let's look at it this way. Um, a vibrant arts community is going to bring in vibrant artists. Now, our schools, where they, the studies show that kids who get involved in the arts have higher success rates than kids who don't. So now you're talking about mixing a human need with the arts, and so make, when you have world-class artisans and artists in your community, that's who teaches the kids. You know, if, if who would be teaching your kids if 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 they weren't there? You know, so so they almost begin to intersect. But even again, it's about it's a puzzle. There's you can't look at just one thing. If you want to attract people to your community, first of all, you have to be attacking the human needs interest, but also. People want amenities. They want things. They want the culture. They want reasons to be in a community. They want to have things to do, things to experience. And so you have to, it's a quality of life. These are all pieces of, I guess, the, the quilt of a quality of life. You know, a quilt is not just one piece. There's lots of pieces to it. Another quilt is, one of the pieces of the quilt may be the human needs. The other piece is the arts. The other piece may be sports. I mean, there's all sorts of different things that are a piece of, that make up a whole quality of life quilt. And if you have people who are attracted, then you've got a, pop a population to help take care of the people who might be in need. <laughs> Just think, if you don't have people who want to come because you don't have a lot of cultural things, well, then it makes it harder to take care of the people who are in need. So they all work together. So last year, in August of last year, uh, you were you and your wife, Linda, were recipients of the COA Parents of the Year Award. Can you talk a little bit about why philanthropy is important to your family and how you've weaved that into your family life? My joke about that was my kids are still, you know, they're just we're, they're just getting out of the house. I said, don't you want to actually see how they turn out before you give us an award? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Let's lock it in. But, uh, <laughs> I think that you got them out of the house. So yeah. They're getting out, the, so that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, that may be the goal. Um, you know, we make it part of our, again, it's, no, again, I'm in a family business, so, you know, the whole, the, the, the one bleeds over into the other, so when the, when, when the culture of the company is to be philanthropic, the culture of the family is to be philanthropic. And, I mean, as I said, when, when, I, when, I started, when we started this discussion, I was talking about what my grandfather's feeling was. Well, yes, that was what the, the original chairman of the Marcus Corporation, who just coincidentally was my grandfather. So it's coming down on both sides. It's coming down at work, and it's coming down at the family because we are being philanthropic outside the company with, our, with, with, our, with stuff that our family is doing as well. And in a way, you know, the time I spend here at the United Way, which is significant, is time that is some of it's time from work, but some of it's time from my family, and so they understand that that's important. And the kids, like my kids, really, uh, they got it. And it was thanks to the United Way. It was a great way to teach them a lesson. We got involved in one of the uh, 
it's a season of caring now. I think it was a day of caring at the time, but it was days. I think we went from day to days to season, but I think we were in the days of caring. And the kids went to the guest house and because I wanted them to, I was that was when I was cheering the campaign, and I wanted the kids to start to see, you know, what really, you know, what 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 they what was going on, and they uh, and and they really were they, they they got into it. They said, "Wow, this is something." They said, "How can we help?" They were very moved by the experience, uh, and they ended up helping to raise money for the kitchen for the guest house. It became really important to them. They they went and helped feed and. Uh, Provide meals, and they were they really got into it. So it was great. So again, I, you know, it's it's when I guess when you're in a family business, they things all sort of blend together, and philanthropy is just part of the whole the deal. I want to switch gears a little bit and, and talk about your role as CEO of the Marcus Corporation. Mary Lou asked me earlier today, "What? Who do you bank with?" I said, "Chase." She goes, "Do you know who the CEO of Chase is?" I'm like. I don't. <laughs> I don't. She's like, and that she's like, that's becoming more and more common, where you don't know who the CEO of a company company is. It's not a visual role anymore. However, that's different with you. Every year, you um, lend your time to create a couple of trailers that play before every movie during our campaign to encourage people to get involved with United Way. Uh, you run your own Twitter account, which I don't know if any other CEO in the world runs their own Twitter account. Why did you decide to take a more public visual role as CEO and you know on social media to interact with your your customer base um, well on social media I think I did it because I was just intrigued by what you know by the idea of being able to talk to the customer base I am a curious person I guess by nature I'm a bit of a techie so I'm into Twitter I'm I mean, I'm into Snapchat. Unfortunately, there's no one to Snapchat with. My children are the only people who can Snapchat with me, and they don't want to Snapchat with me. <laughs> they don't so, open your snaps. <laughs> they do open them, actually. But they, they, they don't always respond. But, <laughs> but I just think they don't even like. Actually, I did have a streak going with my daughter, with my youngest, for a little while. <laughs> if you'd like to follow Greg Marcus on Snapchat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I'm Greg MCS2. Number two. That's what it is. Um, the. Uh, I think that's it. I don't know. Let's look and see. What is my Snapchat thing? We'll look and see. <laughs> we'll I think I was, nobody's. You could look me up by name too. I guess you're late you to this board me. meeting because you're yeah, showing, showing us your Snapchat. Oh yeah, we'll we, we, we have a few more minutes. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's see. I actually, yeah, no. I, well, nobody Snapchats with me because that's part of having a new network. Oh, I have two new friends. I don't even know what that means. I mean, I, who's gonna? Yeah, I'm, no, I'm Greg MCS. That's what it is. Greg, Greg MCS, MCS is the symbol of the company. So yeah, if anybody wants to Snapchat me, if anybody wants to listen to a podcast, is a chance to be careful what you wish for. <laughs> the uh, so, but I'm naturally curious. I'm into that stuff, and so I was like, "Yeah, let's do a Twitter thing." And I'm and part of the thing was, really, was I knew I was on the screens, and um, I, uh, I I knew that would be a chance to lever, try and how do we make Twitter? I mean, I was thinking for pretty much like a businessman. I got to be honest. I was looking at Twitter and saying, "Boy, if I could use a Twitter account to establish a line of communication with our guests and our customers." Then I could use that to promote things like movies or Five Dollar Tuesday or whatever it is I, that I th we thought was an initiative that we wanted to promote. Um, I could uh, I could do that, and uh, you know, so so I said let's just utilize sort of the screen real estate to promote the Twitter account. But and I and I have to ask, a lot of people would have a social media intern do that for that purpose. So why did you you want to do it? Just I'm a control freak. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know because. I guess I bet I have a little bit of a unique voice, and it wouldn't feel 
honest to me. If I now, I will say that like for the customer service stuff, I try to let the Marcus Leaders customer service people jump in quickly. They'll watch my Twitter account, and they'll I won't even necessarily react. I, I they will get in, or even I'll just quickly flip it out to them. But if I'm gonna write, if I'm gonna write something, I sort of feel like I don't know that anybody could actually write my voice for better or worse. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody who's youer than you. Yeah, the doctor says. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> um, so finally, the last question I want to ask you, um, and we've been asking this of everyone on the podcast. We have the United Way has this Make Your Moment campaign. So 2016 is all about the moments that really changed your life um, and the moments that make you want to give back to the community and get involved. So, what's one moment in your philanthropic life that's really stood out to you that's really changed your life? The moment that's really stood out, you know, the, the, it would be a, I would say when I chaired the campaign, uh, the United Way campaign. That was probably, I, I, well look, at I obviously had to be at a pretty high level of philanthropy to have decided to take that on. And I was already involved, I'd actually already been on the board for a long time. But it, I would say in recent memory, that was really a great experience. I mean, it, it reminded me, which is true no matter what you do, the more you put into something, the more you get out of it. I mean, I could go back to, you know, if I think about it now, thinking even way back, I was um, involved in the Betty Bin Museum, the Children's Museum, when I came back to the company, it was 25 years ago. There wasn't a museum. There were three women, Therese Bender, Julie Rosine, and, um, and Susie Gruenberg. And they were the founders of this. And they came to my dad. I had just moved back to the company. I was still a kid. I was 20 some odd years old, 27 years old. So they come back and they, they come to my dad's office and they're like, we're trying to get this museum built. And we think it'd be great for the community. And the, uh, and we'd like you to be on our board. This is my dad. And my dad said, well, I'm not going to be on your board, but you could have my son. He just got back to town. I bet he'd like to do this. So he came to me and said, would you do it? I said, yeah, sure. Now, this was like, you know, a child going to be involved in the kids' child, in the kids' in the, in the, in the children's museum. It was the inmates <laughs> like, yeah, he has experience being a child. Yeah, exactly. He's a child. He's perfect. So I, uh, I did that, and uh, I, got, I got very involved, more than I ever thought I would. And... I mean, I, I'll never forget where we had, we, we were, we just, we finished, I was in charge of getting it built because we have a real estate background, so they put me in the site committee, so that was my job, and when we built it, we tested it first, we brought in some kids, we brought in some kids that, uh, some underprivileged kids, and to, to give it a run through and to see how they liked different stuff, and I remember one kid looking out the window, and he was very young, maybe nine, ten years old, and he looked and he said, is that the lake? And I said, Yes, he's like I've never seen it before. I'm like, how could you've never seen the lake? I mean, maybe he'd driven past and didn't know it, but that no one ever like took him to the lake. I was like, okay, wow, what we're doing matters, and it felt really good. And I was I was pretty young, and it was I, so I can go back that far. So there's there's always these moments that say you get way more out of it than you put in. It always happens. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us and for all you do for United Way and the community and for $5 Tuesdays at the movie theater, <laughs> which is great. Uh, so thank you so much, Greg. Of course. Thank you. That was Greg Marcus, CEO of the Marcus Corporation and chairman of the board for United Way of Greater Milwaukee and Waukesha County. Join Greg and the rest of the United Way family to find out more about the impact of your investment in the community at our annual meeting happening this Wednesday, February 22nd at Downtown Kitchen. Living Local is produced by myself, Katie Kuhn, Melissa Hannon, Brian McCaig, and John Waldbauer. A special thank you to Ethan and Maeve McCaig for providing the music and voice talent for our introduction. For more information and to support the Living Local podcast, 
visit unitedwaygmwc.org slash podcast.